Well, good morning. Happy Father's Day. After being a mother, that's got to be the greatest calling in life. I was just thinking, what do I want my children to remember me for? A church leader? No, not really. At the end of the day, I want them to remember me for the fact that I was a good dad. And you can be successful in life, can't you? You can be a successful church leader or businessman or, or whatever. But those that are nearest and dearest to us, we want them to remember us as, well, he was a good husband, he was a good father, and I want my kids to remember me for that. This is um, an exciting time in the life of the church. Um, I'm, I'm getting to be an emotional old git in my old age. And I was crying this morning, and last week I was crying again. It just something about the presence of God, isn't there, really? That sometimes it gets to you. And uh, I probably compounded, I know, because of my situation. But nevertheless, it's wonderful when God is real, isn't it? That you, um, you stretch your hand and you almost feel as if you can, you can touch God. So it's exciting for the church. Um, we need to pray for the leadership, and uh, the vision is great. But our God is greater than the, even the vision, isn't he? And uh, he's going to provide uh, our, our needs. Just uh, one verse of scripture to kind of introduce the subject I'm going to talk about. If you have a Bible, turn to it. It's a book of Galatians, uh, and it's verse... Verse 26, and I'm afraid I need my glasses these days. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26. And I've told Andy, if I go beyond 30 minutes, to look at his watch, okay? And I'll, I'll know that it's time to finish. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. It's important, as we said at the Truth Project uh, yesterday, that we always look at verses of scriptures in their context. That's, if you want to know the full meaning of a verse of scripture, you've got to look at it in its context. And I'm not going to talk so much about the context of this verse of scripture, but I just want to use it as a kind of a, an introduction into what I'm going to speak about. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. That's all. You were all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. I like the story about uh, a young boy who was asking his father various questions. He came to him one day and he says, Dad, what, what makes the wind blow? And the father said, I can't help you, son. I, I don't know. So he asked another question. He says, um, uh, why, why does it rain so heavy at certain times of the year? Father said once again, I'm sorry, son, I just can't help you there. I haven't got a clue. And then the, the boy said, uh, well, what makes rainbows? He said, I'm ever so sorry, son. I just don't know what makes rainbows. And then the boy said, Dad, you, you, you don't mind me asking all of these questions, do you? He says, not at all, son. How are you going to learn if you don't ask questions, you know? I suppose that is a, a truth that we come to realize that even earthly fathers don't know everything. We're not knowledgeable about every subject, are we? 
But when we become Christians, Jesus introduces us to a father who knows everything about everything. In fact, he knows everything about you. But yet, in spite of that, he loves you. Isn't that amazing? God knows the worst about Jim McGlay, but yet he still loves me. In fact, this is the reason, and we talked about it a little bit this morning, this is the reason why Jesus came into the world. He came into the world because the Father loves us, and he came into the world to die for us. That's why Paul says it in the book of Romans, God commends his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And John, in his epistle, he said, here in his love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for us. Now, it just seems right on Father's Day when we're celebrating uh, human fatherhood. It just seems right that maybe we should say something about the fatherhood of God. I'm glad that God is my father. I'm glad that Jesus brought me into a relationship not only with himself, but with his father. And I've just got three or four ever so simple headings that I hope will resonate with you and that you'll carry away with you this morning. A few simple thoughts. First of all, I want to talk about the fatherhood of God and Jesus. The fatherhood of God and Jesus. Thank God 2,000 years ago, Jesus came into this world. I, I don't know about you, but it's not just at Christmas time, but every time I think about this, I get tingles when I, I think that God came into this world in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, and he became the God-man. It still excites me that great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. And why did Jesus come into this world? Well, Jesus came into this world to reveal the Father. On one occasion, one of his disciples, Philip, came to him, read about this in John 14, and he said, Jesus, show us the Father. And there seems to be a bit of disappointment even in the, in the words of Jesus to Philip. And he says, Philip, have I been with you so long? And don't you realize uh, that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? In other words, in my miracles, in my teaching, in my compassion, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But Jesus not only came to reveal the Father, Jesus also came so that we could have access to the Father. I believe Jesus when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. I believe that. Do you? There's no other way to the Father other than through faith in Jesus. And Jesus, he took the hit for us, didn't he? Jesus dealt with the obstacle whereby we couldn't make contact with the Father. That was our sin. He took the hit for us. He died for us. And when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we are born and we are adopted into the family of God. Isn't God's family wonderful? Well, get excited about it if you think it is. Isn't God's family wonderful? We are adopted. We are born into God's family. And we are brothers and sisters. And God is our Father. It's absolutely fantastic. 
Some of you just don't look too excited about that. But I, th I think it's great. There used to be a devotional writer that I, I used to read a lot of, a fellow, American fellow called Charles Swindle. And I remember reading in one of his books, he was invited to a particular church. And um, in this church he went through and there, there was the, the, the hall that led to the main building. And on the hall, there was various pictures of uh, oil paintings of various people, a, a, a British statesman, a, a Greek poet, uh, Mahatma Gandhi was there as well. And, and above all these oil paintings were the words of that verse of scripture that I've just read to you, we are all sons of God. But it omitted the concluding words, through faith in Jesus Christ. There's a sense in which we are all sons of God, but there's another sense in which we're not. We become true sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And Jesus introduces us to the Father. Wow. What kind of a father is he? I realize that even in a congregation of this size, there are probably people here who the last day of the year you want to celebrate is Father's Day because you had a rubbish dad. And this is the last day of the year you want to celebrate. I have to uh, tell you, I've shared a little bit about my story, but I, I didn't particularly have a good father. He deserted us. Maybe, maybe you had a father who did the same, who was abusive, and we put onto God the Father the same kind of concept that we had of our earthly father. Friends, I want to tell you it's a mistake. Because everything that is good about human fatherhood, multiply that by infinity, and that is how good our heavenly father is. I've got a quote. This Irishman on the PA is going to put on the screen for me, isn't he? Yes. I like this quote. I came across it the other day. It's a fellow called Derek Prime. All we know of genuine human fatherhood at its best is but a pale reflection of what the father is, first to his son, Jesus Christ, then to all who become his spiritual children. I like that. It's a pale reflection of what the father is, human fatherhood. I, um, you can take that off the screen now if you want. I, I uh, sometimes, uh, they're getting too old for it now, but I, I, I have a, a game I play with my grandchildren. In the, our, our living room, there's a carpet or a mat on the floor. Sometimes I get in the mat, and I'm, I'm the bear in the mat, and the grandchildren are going roll about. I said, ah, 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 don't let the bear out of the cage. Don't let the bear out of the cage. And, and you know what? It absolutely terrifies them. <laughs> but, you know, they're excited. Oh, they're running across, and granddad is trying to get them, and they're absolutely terrified. Uh, but at the end of the day, they know. They know I'm not some snarling bear. They know that this is granddad. I, they used to refer to me as the silly granddad. I don't know why, you know. <laughs> They're a bit old for me to do that game with them now, like. I want to say that, that my heavenly father, he's not some cosmic bear who growls at us. But he's a, he's a father who loves us. He's a father who gives us hugs.
How's that? Okay. <laughs> he loves us. Yet to be fair, he does discipline us sometimes, but the predominant thing about God is he's a heavenly father who loves us. And Jesus brings us into contact with this father who loves us passionately. The Father good of God and Jesus. The second heading. How am I doing for time? All right. The, the fatherhood of God and prayer. Now, Jesus, he prayed to his father, didn't he? In fact, this comes across a lot in John's gospel, John 41, etc. It says that Jesus, he prayed, Father, I, I, I know that you hear me always, Father. And in fact, it was very intimate terms that Jesus used. Abba, Father, Abba, Father, I, I know that you always hear me. And, and he prayed that prayer just before he performed that miracle. When, when he came to the tomb of Lazarus and he says, Lazarus, come forth. And somebody said, it's a good job that Jesus said Lazarus. Because if he had just said, come forth, the whole graveyard would have come forth. <laughs> Incidentally, there is coming a day when everybody who is in the grave will hear the voice of the Son of God. John chapter 5. Marvel not at this, a day is coming when all who are in the graves will hear the voice of the Son of God and they will come forth. John refers to that miracle as, as a sign and it's a sign that points us even beyond the miracle. It's the sign that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He is the resurrection. How does he prove that? He gets hold of a guy who's been dead in the tomb for four days, and he raises him. I'm the resurrection and the life. And Jesus, who himself prayed to the Father, encourages us to pray to the Father in, in the Lord's Prayer that we're all familiar with. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said in verse 9, This is how you've got to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I like the story about the, the little boy who said, I, I know the name of, of, of the father, and his name is Harold. Harold? What do you mean? Well, we pray, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. He thought it was Harold be your name. I just throw that in passing, okay? Just a silly story that jumped in my head as I was speaking there. But Jesus wanted us to grab hold of this concept of God as a father in order to encourage us to pray. When we come to God in prayer, we're coming to our Father. That's awesome, isn't it? When you know you're coming to your Father, you know He's gonna, you know he's gonna hear you. And you know, you know if, he's, if, if it's possible, he's going to answer you as well. Friends, to say our Father who art in heaven, it is, a, it is a child's privilege. We're coming to the king. I like the story about the, um, the, the Roman emperor who was coming back. Um, a, a bit like the Gladiator movie, if you've ever seen that. You know, when the emperor is coming back, riding in triumph. And there's this story about... Uh, the emperor was coming back after a fierce battle, and, and they had won the battle. And from the window of the house, the, the emperor's family and children saw him coming. And one little boy, when he saw his father, he began, he began to rush towards his father. And he was just about to pounce upon his father when a Roman soldier grabbed hold of him and said, Hey, 
can't you see that? That is the emperor. You just can't do that. And the little boy said, well, he might be your emperor, but he's my father. Wow. It's a child's privilege. And it's an awesome privilege as well because he's our father who's in heaven. And when you think about heaven, you think about, well, authority, power. He sits upon his throne. We're coming to our Father who is in heaven. Just, just in your imagination, go, go to all the places in the world that are considered to be places of power. Go to 10 Downing Street in, in London or the Kremlin in, in Moscow. I have to say Moscow. I usually say Moscow, and my son makes fun of me when I say that, but never mind. Go to the Kremlin in, in, in Moscow, or, or go to the White House in Washington, or go to the European Parliament in Brussels. Just go in your mind and think about all those places of authority and power, and then just think to yourself, wow, but I'm coming to my Father who is in heaven. Wow. The place of authority, the place of power. I like the way that Isaiah puts it. He says, the nations are as a, a drop in the bucket to me. The fatherhood of God and Jesus, he's the one who brings us into access with Jesus. The fatherhood of God and prayer. Let's go on quickly. And this is very important. What about responsibility? What, what about the fatherhood of God and responsibility? I, I don't know if you ever saw that movie, Spider-Man, the first one that came out. But there was a little phrase in it. Some of you are smiling. You shouldn't be going to see movies like that. No, it's really wrong. You know, I don't think, I think they should be thrown out of the church, these Christians, or go to the cinema. But never mind. That's, by the way. But there's one phrase in, in Spider-Man that, that it captured my imagination. So, uh, yeah, I went to see it. You know, so you have to throw me out as well. But it was... With great power comes great responsibility. Do you remember that expression? Remember that phrase? With great power comes great responsibility. I would say also, for us to be God's children, it's great privilege. And I would say that with great privilege, there comes great responsibility. Yeah, we can, we can hold our heads high. We are the children of God. We are the people of God. But there comes responsibility with that as well, doesn't there? We just cannot live our lives any way that we want. I, I remember this, but on the, on the 28th of May, 1972, I'm old enough to remember this, the then uh, Duke of Windsor passed away. You know the fellow who gave up his kingdom for the love of a woman. Wow, what a guy. I'm doing this for the woman that I love. I'm, I'm casting my crown aside. And so he, he gave up his throne and he virtually went into exile. But on the 28th of May, 1972, he passed away. And on that very same day, they, they ran a program on about his life. And in, and in the context of the program, there was a, an, an interview uh, with the Duke of Windsor. And in it, he was talking about his father, George V who was a very strict disciplinarian. And I wish I could do this with a posh accent. But he says, my father, who was a very strict disciplinarian, if I misbehave, he used to say to me, my dear boy, you must remember 
who you are. It's my conviction this morning, friends, that our Heavenly Father kind of almost whispers this in our ears every day. My, my dear children, my dear Andy, my dear Dan, remember who you are. Awesome responsibility. I, I love the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks a lot about his Father. And he says that our lifestyle as, as children of God needs to be compatible with the people who we are. So I've got a verse of scripture that's going to hopefully come on the screen there. Uh, no, not that. That's it. You got it. It's a, it's a lifestyle as children of God that brings glory to God. Jesus said, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Uh, the, the purpose of Redeemer King is not for people to see us and say how wonderful they are. The purpose of Redeemer King is that people might glorify Father, Father God, that he might get all the praise and the glory. And by our actions, by the way that we live, we can glorify our Father in heaven. Do you want to do that? We can get Chesterfield to see how great God is. It's a lifestyle that brings glory to God. Here's the second thing it is, coming from the Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle that wins over worry. Could we have the next verses of scripture? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? There's no worriers here, is there? No? <laughs> Warriors can't be warriors, I was told. <laughs> and then he says, for the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father, he knows that you need them. How about a bit of poetry? We'd like to hear a bit of poetry. Well, you're going to get it whether you want to hear it or not. <laughs> this is fantastic poetry. The worried cow would have lived till now, if she had saved her breath, but she feared her hay wouldn't last all day, so she mooed herself to death. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that profound poetry? Some Christians are mooing themselves to death. Hey, don't you know? Don't you know that God is your father? Do you really think going around worrying about this and worrying, you really think that is what your father wants you to be like? I've got three children, and I know that some of them sometimes worry about financial things. And I said, look, I'm your dad. Do you think I'm going to see my grandchildren starve? But they take advantage of it as well, but never mind. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dad, can you help me? You know what, I'm always glad to hear from my kids, even when I know that they're phoning me up because they want something. I'm still, always still glad to hear from them. Here's a bit of more. I ripped, this, uh, I ripped this out of a book this morning, right? You might not realize this. You thought only birds only chirped, but in actual fact they speak, right? Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. 
It's a lifestyle that wins over worry. It's a lifestyle that really endeavors to bring glory to God. And here's something else. It, it's, it's a lifestyle that loves everybody, we, that we have a love that embraces everybody. We've got to have the last verse of scripture up there, please. And, and Jesus said this, you've heard that it was said, love your enemies and hate your enemy. Uh, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the, on the righteous and on the unrighteous. And then he goes on in that passage of the scripture. He says, just you be the same. And then he says this, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. But Jim, surely nobody can be perfect. Well, maybe not, but let's give it a go. Would you agree with that? God sends rain and sunshine upon good people, upon bad people. Hey, as God's people, if we're going to be children of, of our Father in heaven, then we've got to love people that we know don't even like us, that might, might even hate us. Do good to them, and as Paul says in his epistle, in doing so, you're heaping coals of hot coals upon their head. Do good to all. <laughs> Martin Luther King, what a guy he was. Martin Luther King Jr. On the 14th of November, 1957, he preached a sermon in Montgomery, Alabama about loving your enemies. Oh, I've got a book at home about famous speeches and it's in there. Abraham Lincoln's there and Martin Luther King, what a guy he was. He says, I have a dream. I have a dream that my, my children will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their, of their character. I, I have a dream. And in that sermon, he preached that we need to love our enemies. Hey, let me go on quickly. I must only have a few minutes left, have I? Yeah, I have, yeah. The fatherhood of God in Jesus, he brings us into contact with the Father. The fatherhood of God and prayer. He opens a door of prayer for us. The fatherhood of God and responsibility. The last thing I want to say, and this is the last verse of Scripture, and that is that the fatherhood of God and assurance. If I can have that verse of Scripture from Romans chapter 8. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Not only does God want you to be his child, but he wants you to know that you are his child. Earlier in that epistle... Paul is talking about people in general. In Romans chapter 2, 15, he says that when people do wrong, they have an inward witness that tells them immediately that they've done something wrong. We can all identify with that. Nobody has to tell us. We do something wrong, and immediately we know it. And in the same way, there is a witness that comes to our hearts by the Holy Spirit that we are the children of God. Back to the movies. <laughs> My favorite Star Wars movie has to be, I still think it's the best one, The Empire Strikes Back. Anybody agree with me? Yeah, that's the best one. Do you know that scene where Darth Vader is fighting with Luke Skywalker? And uh, Luke Skywalker, he's in a terrible state. He's just holding on for dear life, you know. And, and, and then Luke Skywalker, he, he hears these chilling words, I am your father. No! I, I should have been an actor, shouldn't I have been? No! <laughs> uh, 
In fact, I was in the dentist once and I saw a tea mug with Darth Vader and those words underneath, I am your father. I said, well, I'd love to get that from my kids. If anybody knows where I can pick up those mugs, picture of Darth Vader with I am your father underneath it, please let me know because I'll, I'll definitely get a few of them. Mind you, they'll probably take them and put them away somewhere, <laughs> Not, never to be seen again. But you know what? The father wants you to know that you're his child. But is it possible to know? Is it possible to have that assurance? People say that we're living in days where there's no such thing as absolutes. It was like the, a teacher was teaching this. There's no such thing as absolute. The young, uh, young chap in the class said, are you sure about that? He says, I'm absolutely sure, yeah. <laughs> assurance. James Kennedy, an, an American preacher who, who wrote a book in the 70s called Evangelism Explosion. You know, James Kennedy, he, he, was, with, uh, he was on a plane once and he get, got in conversation with a, a, a lady who was next to him who was also a Christian. And, the, and, the, and it went through, the, the plane went through a bit of turbulence. Ever been in a plane when it goes through a bit of turbulence? And it really got bad. And, and James Kennedy and this Christian lady were qu quite at peace and calm. And the other passengers are saying, how can you be like that? We, we could crash. And James Kennedy said, well, for the simple reason, if we go down, I'm going up. <laughs> Assurance. The witness of the Spirit. Look at that in its context. It's important to always look at verses of Scripture in the context. In the context, he talks about we're putting to death sin in our lives. We're, we're praying, Abba, Father. The, the, the fruit of the Spirit is being produced in, in our life. All of these things are indications and, and a witness of the Spirit in, in our lives that we are the people of God.